Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Dunzo. And today we are going to be doing a review of Horrified. Then we're going to be introducing a new segment called Pick 6. Finally, we're going to wrap up the episode with another review of Underwater Cities. So thanks for joining us for episode number 23. Hey! All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean cowering in a corner. Do you know? Why you're cowering in a corner, Dean? Wait, me or yeah, you? Yeah, no, you, you. I know why you would be you cowering in a corner. You are cowering in a corner. I got nothing. It was because of the last. I mean, it could be because of horrified, but it's not. It's because of the last Twitter poll I did. Oh wait, hold off on the Twitter poll because people need to know why you're Johnny Dunzo. Oh, Johnny, yeah, I better not. Uh, <laughs> That's skip why on I think past you that. are in the corner crying right I'm now. I'm not in the corner <laughs> crying. I'm not cowering. I'm just Dunzo. Uh, for those who don't know, we live in the great, amazing state of Tennessee. Right, That's Dean? Right. That's right. We do. And Tennessee used to have an amazing football team, the Tennessee Don't Dean <laughs> just rolled his eyes. We won the Natty in 98 right, okay. one time. Okay. Well, I mean, we won it way more than that, but one time in my life. The glory days of that one solid year are. No, I've been it, hearing it about it for that. Peyton Manning, <laughs> come on! Years. The people that don't like sports are like, "What are these guys doing?" But uh, the reason I'm done, though, is I have been watching them since I was a teeny tiny child. I've had season tickets for years. I've watched every game for years, every year, and I think that there's probably other people out in Meeple Town that can absolutely empathize with me. Every year, we get all hype about our football team. This is as of late, and when I say late, the last 15 or 20 years. <laughs> the best image I can give is Lucy holding the football out for Charlie Brown. And every time, Charlie thinks he's going to be able to kick it, and she just pulls that football out from under. And I have finally, after a team that won two games last year, Dean, named Georgia State. <laughs> In the Sun Belt. Hey, that was last year. Maybe they're a powerhouse this Beat, year. No. Beat Tennessee. Lucy is, I am not going to fall for that ever again. I'm not. I'm just done so with them. No, you're not. You're not. I'm not going to watch any more games this year. I don't care. Okay, one that's, that's not, not Maybe not true. <laughs> <laughs> one that's not true. And even if it was, next year, the same time, you would fall for it again. I know because I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and I've fallen for it for 38 years now, so... Well, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, and I am also used to be a Browns fan until the Titans came, and I kind of shifted alliances. All my teams are garbage. And because it's the Browns. Pretty much all my teams are garbage. <laughs> all right, so Johnny Dunzo, now let's go back now to Dean. Now we're Dunzo talking about football. Now we're going to go back to Dean cowering in the corner. You know why? I, I know the poll. So the poll was a battle between Chuck Norris and uh, Mr. T. A hundred percent. And do you know who won? I'm assuming Chuck Norris. I actually saw the first part of this one. I'm stunned that Mr. T got any votes. <laughs> How dare anyone vote against Chuck Norris? Have you ever seen Rocky Three? I love Mr. T, actually. But Chuck Norris. Let me get, let me let me share with Meeple Town a few Chuck Norris facts. I mean especially this first one. I mean, just think about this. These are absolute facts. You can go to 
Chuck Norris facts.net. <laughs> okay, I gotta be honest. And all these are 100% reliable. I've been more excited about this than anything else that we've done on the episode, that we're doing on the episode today. Here's some reasons why you're scared. <laughs> Chuck Norris threw a grenade and killed 50 people. Then it exploded. Not bad. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's not bad. Chuck Norris will never have a heart attack. His heart isn't foolish enough to attack Chuck Norris. That's, That's true. That's good. Um, he also, if you did not know this, Dean, Chuck Norris can do a wheelie on a unicycle. He can also strangle you with a cordless phone. That's uh, pretty powerful. Uh, yeah. That was less. I don't like that one as much. Okay, here's one that is definitely, I saved the best, the best ones for last. Because um, this is a pretty powerful thing that Chuck can do. Chuck Norris can pick oranges from an apple tree and make the best lemonade you've ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. I like that. Here's the thing I love about Chuck Norris facts is that like I can go away from them for like a year, you know, or a couple years and come back and there's a whole new set of them and they're just as gold as like the old so ones. Good. And then go back and read all the old ones and they're fantastic. That's like some of the ones I've already said I didn't laugh at cuz I've heard them a plenty of times, but I thought there's still classics that the first time I heard it, it was really funny, like the strangle you with a cordless. That's that's phone. okay. That's not, not bad. That last one was really good though. Uh, Chuck Norris beat Halo one, two, and three on legendary mode with the broken Guitar Hero controller. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, last one will be when Chuck Norris was in middle school. His English teacher assigned an essay. What is courage? He received an A plus for turning in a blank page with only his name at the top. Uh. Boom. That was predictable. It was. The best one was the orange one, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, I think that was actually one of the last ones that I found. There was a there were a few more that I wanted to tell, but I decided that they might have not been they were a little bit borderline. <laughs> so I decided not to not to go there. We should make this an annual thing and then just introduce new Chuck Norris jokes once a year. Oh, once an episode. Once an episode? Yeah, we once the an episode. Chuck 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 Norris out the Chuck Norris hour. I bet there is a... You think there's a Chuck Norris joke podcast? I don't know, but I do know... We could start that. Or we could talk about board games. We could. Yeah, we could do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's do it. All right. I will talk about what I've been playing first. We've been playing, actually. Um, This is a game by For Your Entertainment, and uh, it's the designer Eric Ciceri and Anthony Rando. And this is Panda Craves Danger, which is a game I had never heard of. They reached out to us and uh, gave us a a review copy of this. But in Panda Craves Danger, you uh, have these cards out on the table, this row of six cards. And the story is that that you're a panda who's tired of eating bamboo and you just want to try some new things. And so you're going out and checking out all these different things that you can eat. But if you... If you eat too much of them or, you know, if something is too dangerous, it can make you sick and you lose that card or throw up is is the theme behind it. But anyway, so what you're doing is you're going to pick a card and say, I'm going to eat this. And then you take all the danger symbols on the side and roll those dice for that. And if you um, then you're going to take damage based on those rolls. And so at first thought, you think, oh, this game is probably not going to be very fun because that's all you're doing is rolling dice. But the cool thing about it is that in you know in Splendor when you want to take a card from a row, uh, or, or you're gonna place a um, it's not Splendor. I'm not thinking of Splendor. Is it? 
Where you take a card from a row. Like when you the the game where you're gonna like take a card from a row, but you have to place things on cards leading up to the card that you want to be able to take. That's not Splendor. No, it's not. I keep saying Splendor, but uh, it's not coming to me. Um, anyway, can I be honest with you, Dean? Yep. I've sort of been listening to you. I've been reading a lot of Chuck Norris <laughs> jokes. So. <laughs> Speaking of Panda Craves Danger, uh, uh, Chuck Norris jokes. He Panda could never try to swallow Chuck Norris. That would be a not work. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, this is going to be a good episode, I think. John is not going to talk about games. It's just going to be me and work. then John laughing on the work. other side of the mic. <laughs> All right, so anyway, you're going to be placing tokens uh, leading up to the cards that you want to take. So if you want to skip the first one, you have to leave a token there yeah. and you know go on and, and leave tokens. But the cool thing is, instead of like taking a card and then just taking all the tokens that build up on that one card, you are going to be um, you're going to be using those tokens to negate damage that you roll your dice with. And so I I don't know what it is. It, it, that might not sound very interesting, but it actually made it pretty fun. I, I think this is a fun game. Yeah, I was gonna say, what you? How do you feel? Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's a lot better than what I. Um, had expected just you know the theme and uh, the the art's fine but it doesn't really grab me. Yeah. The components are really good but the gameplay actually was quite a bit of fun. It's it's this 20, 20 to fifty minute uh, play time which if it was twenty minutes that would be better but it it can be you know a thirty plus minute game and so for this style of game I wish it was a little bit shorter but overall I still think it was fun. Yeah, I uh, I didn't have any expectations going into it, not really negative or positive. Um, I just decided, hey, yeah, let's play this thing. We did a YouTube video, by the way, if you want to see some gameplay and what it looks like. Um, but Century Spice Road, that's one of the games that has. Oh, that. <clears throat> sorry, not Splendor. It's Century Spice Road, where you leave tokens on there. And, yeah, uh, there's a lot of games that have that. Mechanic. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Not Splendor though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but I thought, you know, these are not honestly my style of games that I get excited about. But um, I had fun playing it. I played it with my 11 year old uh, night or two ago, and I'll say this: like four games like that that are just kind of silly, fun games. It has a little bit more strategy than some other games. It definitely does. Um, so yeah. I think that the, the negative to that is I think that it's actually it's less accessible for new like newer people to gaming. Like I think that I actually think with that game, I, it's not. I know it's not overwhelming, but I think if people haven't really played games and picked it up, I think that they may. What is he laughing about? Dean is laughing. <laughs> okay. What are you laughing about? <laughs> While you were talking, I pulled up Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> This is a bad idea. <laughs> Chuck oh, Norris is, is killing our episode. This is a rabbit hole I do not want to go down. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I don't even know what I was talking about now. Chuck Norris. No, yeah. I was talking about Panda Craves Danger. Anyway, no, I was saying that it was it was more... I think it, there's more to it than a lot of other simpler games, which I do appreciate that about it. My son had a really good time playing it. Uh, I, I, enj- I, I think it's a fun game. It's not one that I would like be like, yeah, I can't wait to go out and buy by any stretch, but... If I wanted a good, like, fun family game, it's cool. Yeah, I'm hoping to introduce this to my my extended family because I think if they I ever give it back to you. They might. Oh, you still have it. I don't forgot you? that. That's I did. right. Yeah. Um, at some point, I'll, I would like to introduce this to my family because um, it's it's one I'm going to hold on to for a while. I think just to um, kind of see what what type of groups like this. So, and it's it, here's the other. This is kind of a negative, so positive to what you said, but you know, the, it does have more meat to it. 
there's a lot of, th- through the first game anyway, there was a lot of like checking back in the rule book to make sure we got these different things right. Yeah. For this style of game, I don't want to be able to do that. But that's what I was saying earlier. I don't, yeah, it's I just, feel like that's the negative. Right. But um, but I think you get past that. So I was saying it as a con like you, but not necessarily like full-blown con because once you've played it a couple times, it's not it's not so bad. It's a positive for me. I think I mean for us as gamers, I think it's a positive. Depending on what we're doing, but if we're trying to introduce it to people who aren't as much gamers, it's a big negative. I think mm-hmm. I think it would could push some people away. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but still fun. Yeah, it was good. Hand of craves danger. All right, so a game that I have been playing lately is one that Dean bought and then handed it over to me and said, "Hey, you learn this game and teach it to me," and which we still have never had. I bet we don't ever play it. I bet that I play the game and I hand it back to you and we never find time to play it. And I hope that's not the case because I've really wanted this for a while and then I picked it up and I was so excited. Oh, by the way, it is Keeper. Yes. <laughs> what, why why did you say it like that? Well, because I, I was like talking over you and we didn't even get to the to the title of the game yet. So It's the seven, rated 7.4. No, I'm not going to do that for all the games. <laughs> I was doing that for the top 50. I loved doing that. But yeah, so Keeper is a game. Uh, Dean and I both really like Keyflower a lot. I think on our top 50s, it was decently high. Keyflower yeah. was really mm-hmm. high. Yeah. Not decently high, really high. Yeah. Uh, I've, I like Key Harvest um, as well. It's just been one that I've been looking at going, I'd really like to play that game. Um, and okay, so hold up a second. I clicked on the wrong part of my notes. <laughs> you know. All right, so with Keeper, what you're doing is you've got this country board in the middle. You're taking your keeples, and just some interesting things about the way the game is played. Um, one thing is, is whenever you're placing them onto action spots, if the color of the keeple or meeple matches the color, you get to like double that action, which is kind of cool. Like I could do some actions on different on a, a, a spot that does not have the same color, but if I do that, I only get to do one action. But then, what's kind of interesting, and I still like wrestling with do I like that this part of it, then after I place it there, I invite folks to join me. And I've only played two-player version of this, um, which kind of stinks because I would really like to play this with a higher player count because I think this part would be kind of cool. Only one player can join you. So, like, the player to your left gets to choose, yes, I want to join that action. If he or she wants to, they have to take a meeple, keeple that has the same color and actually place it down there. So if they don't have one, they can't even do it. If they choose not to, then it goes to Dean. That's the next to that person. And so we're asking who wants to join. And if someone joins, we both do the action, and it becomes even more powerful. So, like, I want people to kind of join. Another thing that I think that's really interesting about the game and I really like this part about it. A lot of games, you like a lot of worker placement games, which this is absolutely worker placement, when you run out of workers, you're done. You just sit there going, mm, okay, I'm done. This game, it actually is good to run out of workers faster because then you can start knocking over workers and making them work twice. So if you get through with your workers faster, you actually get to do more actions, which is interesting because on the country board, the, or on the, on the boards in the middle that do the actions... One of the things that you have is this big, uh, it's not called a keeper, a keeper, your keeper. Mm-hmm. Your it's keeper literally the name of the game. It's literally the name of the game. Your keeper, you lay down once over during your turn, not during your turn, over the course of um, a round. You lay it on one of the boards in the middle. That, and there are like several boards. If I have two players, there's two boards with um, actions on it. And I get to pick up every meeple on that board. And that's my meeples for the next round, plus mm-hmm. whatever's on my board. But what what's interesting about that is I could literally go for 
oh man, I really want all those green guys because I can do some really powerful things. Or I could be like, let me go for less because if I get less, then I could do a bunch of extra actions at the end. So it leads to like a lot of interesting calls that you're making over the course of the game. I, I don't really want to go any further than that, but I will say that I enjoyed it. I It didn't give me the, yeah, feels, but Keyflower didn't either, really, the first time I played it. Oh, I, yeah, liked I guess Key, you're right, yeah. I liked Keyflower better, I think, than I liked um, Keeper the first time I played it. I, I still really enjoyed it, and I've only played this one time, so I even hesitated actually bringing this up, or twice. I can't remember, once or twice. Um, but I haven't played it that much, but I did like it, and I thought it was very solid, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like jumping all over the place. Yeah, you know, I like to play Keyflower at Thanksgiving time, which is coming up. Um, I would like to. Uh, that's that's my whole story. That's, I would like to. Uh, I would like to get Keeper played in there, like here in the next couple months for sure. This it, I've had it on my radar for a while, and I I think I like just based on things that I've seen. I like the play of the the meeples, and for the reasons that you're talking about, it yeah. sounds really really interesting. Um, yeah, it does lead to a lot of interesting decisions, and the play's pretty quick. I mean, you're just taking a, a keeple and placing it down, inviting people to join you, do the action, and I like that. I mean, there's a little bit more to that, but there's not a, not a whole ton. Yeah, and I, I flipped through the board a little bit. The those little player boards, yeah. uh, not the player boards, but the worker placement boards. That's kind of cool. But I don't know if it's it might be kind of gimmicky, but it doesn't really matter. So I that guess. was actually I did make a show note about that. I read where people were like really excited about these boards and and the board the action boards in the middle like I said before it, you put them out for however many players there are though you can put them on any board and what happens is is at the end of the round you actually get to fold it like the way you want the actions to be what actions you want to show but you still have to have like whether it's springtime or whatever showing what I found and Larissa found unless we're just idiots which we might be like there's no doubt about it I mean, me, not you, babe. Oh. <laughs> my my babe listens to the show. Um, but, like, we found, like, there didn't seem like there were really a lot of choices. Like, there might be a few that you can pick from, and it didn't really change a ton. So, I, it almost seemed, it did almost seem to me, though I've heard Rado and people be like, I love those boards. It, to me, it seemed a little gimmicky. Like, I was jacked up about it, and I would have been a whole lot more excited if I had four or five choices and I'm kind of thinking through besides like maybe a couple choices. I'm like, okay, I could do this or I can flip it and do that. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I guess the positive to that would be you wouldn't have to, you could sit there forever and try to flip through those boards if they had a whole lot of choices, but you know, it was okay. Yeah. I just, uh, I really want to try it out. That is keeper. Um, Let's get on to our first review, which is terrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. It is horrified. Horrified is published in 2019 by Robinsberger. The designer is Prospero Hall, and the artists are uncredited. This game is for 1-5 to players, plays in about 60 minutes for ages 10 and up. In Horrified, you are cooperatively trying to defeat the different monsters in your town. And this is going to vary from game to game. You might be battling against uh, the Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster, uh, Mummy. You might be battling against the creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula. Lots of different combinations of those different monsters. But basically, on your turn, each player is going to have their own card that determines how many actions they get. 
usually usually four, but some have one has five and, and another has three. And you're going to be taking your actions that will allow you to move around the board, pick up items, and do different things that you need to be able to defeat the monsters. So on a player's turn, they'll take all of their actions. Then the monster phase will trigger where you'll draw a card that will determine how many new items are going to go out onto the board, what monster is going to activate if that monster is within the was is within that game and how many spaces the different monsters will move and if they attack and that's going to be a whole player's turn now the interesting piece about this is that each monster has its own special abilities special ways that you're going to be defeating it for example, with the mummy, you'll have to go to the museum and discard yellow items and whatever value that yellow item is, you'll be able to move the different pieces around this little puzzle. And as you're moving these little stones around that puzzle in the museum, you have to put the numbers in order. So there's one through three, four, five, six. And once all of those are in order, then you can go into the space of the mummy to defeat the mummy. And they each have different ways of how they play out. And in the easy game, you're going to start off with just battling two of those, but you two monsters, but you could eventually move on to three. Or if you were really brave, you could try to defeat four monsters. Uh, but that, that's the gist of how the game plays. Each one of the ones, each one of the monsters plays out differently. However, they all have similar ways of kind of discarding items and then being in the same space and to try to defeat them for the most part. Anyway, that, that gives you an idea of how it plays out. So if you are able to do that, if you're able to defeat the monsters, then you're going to win. Now, as you are getting hit by the monsters, you're going to be moving up on the terror track. There's also villagers out on the map that you're trying to protect and bring them to a safe space. And if they are attacked and defeated, then that will also move up the terror track. And so if the terror track makes it all the way to the end, then all of the heroes lose. That's how the game plays out. Let's get back to the table and see what we thought of Horrify. All right, a game that has been getting a lot of buzz lately, it seems like, is Horrified. Partly because um, I think it's Prospero Hall who who designs this is getting a lot of buzz for the stuff they have coming out, and it's uh, in in Targets this big release game, and so Horrified's getting a lot of a lot of buzz, and I just really wanted to check it out because I think this theme sounds cool, and I'm always looking for good games to play around Halloween time, and I thought. Let's check it out. Do you own any other Halloween co-op games? Mansions of Madness. Ah, we okay. play uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill on so occasion. You, you totes do. We do, but this one and uh, Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu, I guess, falls in that category too. But but as far as like simpler and quicker games, yeah. not really. And I thought this would probably be one that that. My group, my my, I actually have a Halloween group. We get together on my birthday to play Halloween board games, and uh, I think they would like this one. All right, but it's not time to give our thoughts yet. Let's talk about the art and components. Art and components. All right, you may go first. <laughs> yeah, All right, so yeah, I actually thought that the art is really nice. I think that the we can talk about the theme as we talk about gameplay and stuff, but I kind of want to talk about a little as we talk about the art because if you're really into this old school like monster, um, the creature from the what lagoon? Black lagoon. Black. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Wolfman. Did I get that one right? You got dude? that one right. All right. Uh-huh. I, I assume that I would. Frankenstein. If you're really into this old these old school monster things, 
the art is super cool and the theme is really cool and I really really like that. As far as the components, I felt like they were fine. Like they're good. Didn't seem like they wouldn't like blow my mind, but they were all good. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have more experience with the game because you've played it even more than I have. So I have, and I, I think for this game, because I'm thinking, okay, this game was released to Target as a as a Target exclusive, I believe, is what it was at first. Um, and so the fact that it came out in Target, you got to think, you got to keep the price down. And there's a lot of stuff in this box, especially because you have several different monsters. So how do you keep the price down? Well, you add cardboard standees and you know that there are miniatures in this game they're not super high quality but for the monsters they have miniatures um that's true those miniatures weren't that hot but they're not great but but they're fine they're functional and they're larger which i i like now here's the thing i don't usually like cardboard standees in games but i really like them in this game because i think for functionality you have to have you know you have to have the location written on the villager space yeah uh, because you have to know where they're going to go and you need to be able to look at the board and recognize where your characters are because there's a decent amount going on in the board with the, you know, with, with the art from the locations, with the items that come out on the board. You've got monsters, villagers, your characters. And so I like the standees for that reason. They are hard to read, though. Yeah, the, sta- the standees for your characters don't matter. You just need to be able to see color. Now, the villager, you're right. It's hard to see the location. Oh, I thought and, you were talking about the, the villager. Name. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was talking about both of them, but... But you have to get really close to those cardboard standees for the villagers to see exactly what it says on there. That's a negative, but I don't know if that could have been avoided. So for me, that's kind of a, a pass. It's not a it's not a really big issue. Yeah, the only big issue I have is <clears throat> due to the magic of podcasting, you should have Dean said something that was a little wild and crazy on accident. And we're trying to recover from that right now, which has it hasn't been edited out. So if we start giggling, that's probably then why we're just we're just like some little schoolboys giggling. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean overall though, you think solid. You're pretty happy with it all, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Especially like I would say it's better than most games that come out in big box stores. I think there you go. So let's talk about the gameplay then. All right, so the gameplay is quick. I'll start off by saying that. Uh, a game on the on the website it says it takes about 60 minutes. I don't think it takes that long to play a full game, especially if you're playing with just two monsters. Uh, you know, part of that can depend on how many players, how many monsters. But I think For it's sure. a really yeah. quick feeling game anyway. So yeah, uh, so that's a, a pretty that's a pro for you. Yeah, I mean that doesn't have to be a pro in and of itself, I guess. But in this game, it is because I wanted a for what I wanted. I guess I wanted kind of a simpler. Uh, co-op game that can play fairly quickly and introduce to a lot of people. So you feel like it fills a niche maybe that you don't have or a place on your shelf you don't have. It does. Because of that. Yeah, it. I, I think so. And I also, you know, th- this theme isn't something that I have in games, like those old Universal movie monsters. It's a cool theme. Yeah. Even I, though I don't know who they are apparently. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's not that difficult, especially because it says it in giant letters on the cards. It, well, I don't have the cards in front of me right now, nor do I have the box. Did you bring uh, the box, Dean? Uh, I'm looking at the box cover on on the internet right now. But. Well, I like analog. I don't. Okay, <laughs> I need to see. I need to feel the box, smell the box. But okay, so speaking, taste the box. Speaking of the monsters, I'm just moving on. Um, speaking of the monsters, is this what you? This is what he does to me a lot. <laughs> there is variability in the monsters because you are battling multiple monsters every game. This is a, a big plus for me. Um, if it just had, let's say it just had like five different monsters, okay, um, and you just battle one every time, that's a, a decent amount of variability. 
But the fact that you can play with two, three, you know, you can play yeah. with as many monsters as you want, but it's going to increase the difficulty of the game. Um, but the fact that you're mixing and matching those, I think, is uh, a, a big plus in the variability there. Yeah, and I think you probably want to talk about this, but I also really like how the monsters, there's different ways to, I say kill them. But Dean says you're not killing them, you're curing them. Some Well, it depends on the monster, I guess. So some you are trying to kill? Well, no, I don't think you're trying to kill any of them, Capture? if I remember right. Capture, help, maybe, assist, help them to, you know, re- you help, but here's reestablish the thing. their life in, in Thematically society. in this game, after you do the objective that you need to to cure Wolfman, you have to come at him with, like, pistols and rifles <laughs> and harpoons. Like, I'm like, how are we We're supposed to cure this guy, but I have a couple... Guns. That's right. Is it just for protection? Maybe. Well, that was one specific. The, the the specific game that we played last time was was funny because I just got done explaining to John. Okay, we're not killing Wolfman. We're just trying to cure him so that he can you know get back to to his normal life. And then the the thing that we came at him to to cure him with was a pistol. <laughs> I said, okay, maybe in this game specifically, we probably did kill Wolfman, but normally you don't want to do that. You want to help him. The thing was, was he when we cured him, he was just he wasn't a cool guy, so we just capped him in the face. I guess so. I guess so. Now I think Dracula, you actually are trying to kill him, if I remember right. Um, but to get back to what you were saying, I really, really enjoy that piece that you are doing different things for different monsters. Like yeah. with Dracula, you have these four caskets on the four corners of the board. You have to destroy those before you go take care of Dracula. And with the creature of the Black Lagoon, you have to go into his lair which is discarding these items that make you go down this path to get to him and then you can defeat him but they all play out so differently but that main mechanic here's the thing that i i I really like about it they play so differently but the main mechanic makes it so that it feels thematically different but but thinking wise you don't have to do that much different stuff and i mean that in a good way like you're still discarding items and uh to do different actions and that base mechanic is in all of those monsters which i think is a huge you're basically going around a board collecting items and somehow using them to try to cure the monster or whatever and dropping them off at a location to to do it but there is variation in how that works out right which in the frankenstein ones they're a little bit different because uh you didn't play with this one yet but with frankenstein uh, what you have to do is you, you're discarding those items to for their meter to make them more human and then they can get together and be happy together. Um, but you're not actually trying to defeat them. You're trying to get them to come together once their humanity rises all the way to the top. And so that's, you know, it, it's a little bit different, but it, at the same time, like it still kind of plays the same way and sure. it doesn't make it too heavy of a game, Yeah, which is a plus. Yep. Uh, I also like um, another pro are the villagers that come out because it's like you can like push them, <laughs> you can assist them, or <laughs> walk with them to a different location. We can get violent. you a bonus, not a violent game, bonus uh, card. <laughs> but what's if you when as they begin to come out, the monsters can actually attack them, which you go down on your what's the main track that you're going up or down? Do you know what the name of it is, Dean? Of the main track where we're getting hit, yeah. Oh, the uh, the terror track. The yeah. terror track. Mm-hmm. So if they get hit, then you go down on the terror track. So you're not only paying attention to your guys or gals or whoever you are, you're also having to watch for these villagers and kind of push them out of the way. <laughs> That's not the really the right, but get them out of the way, move them to different locations. So you kind of have uh, as the game progresses, 
it kind of gets increasingly, there's increasingly more going on, on the board. Kind of like a lot of these kind of co-op games, but I like that part. Yeah, about it. yeah, I, I totally agree because it, it could, you could have very well left out the villagers from the game. And, you know, my mind goes to Pandemic when I think of this game. Yeah. So in Pandemic, you get these cards uh, that give you uh, bonuses that you can play anytime that you want. Okay, in Horrified, they're called perk cards. Yeah. In Pandemic, you're just drawing them randomly from a deck. And you might get them, you might not. But Horrified, you actually have to do something, which I think is, that's really interesting. And I, I don't remember, I can't think of a game that that's there in that same way, I guess. Because you have to work to get those perk cards instead of just being given them to you does the villager i forget does the villager go away after you get them to where they want to go yeah so once they go off the once so they that, make it to the so location, if you're go good away. if you're good at or you spend time moving the villagers that's actually so i thought they did i just wanted to make sure that can actually help the board to not be so busy and you're trying to control them and all that kind of stuff yeah kind of like trying to control a pandemic outbreak yeah it, it is a bit like that that you know in this one you're not just protecting them though but they can really help you if you because those perk cards are they can be really, really good, and um, especially at, at, at times where you know you've got these monsters that are swarming you, and uh, if they are all coming out at you at one time, you're just gonna, you know, you're gonna get destroyed. And so having those those perk cards can really help with that because you might be able to move, you might be able to move all your items to another location, or move your character to another location, or a monster, or you know, there's lots of different things they do, and it's a big plus. So. Yep. So what about? Do you have any cons before we kind of get to our final thoughts and wrap it up? I've got a few. I do. Um, yeah, so one that I that I can think of offhand is that some of the monsters, they work better together than others. Okay, mm. so for example, I, I had not played a four-player game of this uh, until last night, but I, I still kind of didn't play it. I, I played a solo game with four characters, and... I was playing two monsters because I just wanted to see how the game scaled, okay? Because I'd heard negative things about that, and I wanted to be able to speak to it a little bit. So when I did that, I played uh, Frankenstein and the mummy character. Now, with Frankenstein, you're discarding yellow tokens for the main, like, Frankenstein's monster. And uh, with the mummy, you're also discarding yellow tokens. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was... I needed yellow tokens and they just weren't coming out. out. And so it, it was pretty tough to do that. Now it just made it more of a challenge. And yeah. I ended up barely squeaking out a win on this one. Um, and again, I was just playing with two monsters instead of the, you know, the normal three. But I think those are two that I wouldn't necessarily introduce together because because of that. Yeah, because of the challenge. What did you think about the scalability? I thought, now again, this is just a solo play with four players, but I thought it scaled well. Really? Yeah, and I'd heard, you know, and it, maybe I'm, I'm just really missing out. Now again, I just played two monsters, but I had thought I was just going to get absolutely hammered. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you get more perk cards, which really helps with it. And if mm. you have the right characters, now the character abilities can kind of play into that of whether or not it's going to be an enjoyable experience, I think, or if you're just going to get hammered. But in this case, you know, like I said, I squeaked out a win, and yeah, I, I felt like it did. Now, I, I think that's not always going to be the case. I think it would be... It seemed to me like... It can be really difficult with four players, I would imagine. It seemed like it would, yeah. I, I just, when I, I was looking at it, I'd heard that it didn't scale well, and it and again, I don't have experience, but it seemed like it might not scale the greatest, but you're saying that you that might not necessarily be true. Yeah. No, I don't know for sure, because that was with one play. All my other plays were with, uh, I believe, two player. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, 
Well, there you go. Um, but final thoughts. Yeah. Do you have any more cons or anything else you want to say? That's well, I think that we kind of hit on those. Um, let me see if I have anything. Yeah. Okay. So the only other con, which I could have, I guess, say I could say for final thoughts is, and I'll just use this to go into the final thoughts. How about that? What a segue. Um, I get the same feeling of this game from other games that I play. I'll say, um, I like the theme. I think the theme is really cool, but like Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, Pandemic, I, I for me personally, this is for me personally, I kind of get the same feeling uh, with this game that I have other games. I'm going around collecting these things. We're all working together to collect them to go drop them off at a certain spot, and hooray, we get the treasure in Forbidden Island, or hooray, we kill the monster. or hur- You know what? You understand what I'm saying? Sure. So to me, it, it's a little bit of a con that it just... It just, um, I guess maybe because the theme didn't totally grip me, though I think it's really cool. I It just, it didn't seem like anything that it, I, and I'm not all about cult, like it has to be new and have crazy new mechanics. It just kind of felt like I've played this game before, but it's got a different theme a little bit. So you agree with that or disagree with that? I disagree um, to an extent. Now, theme is something that really drew me into this one, mm-hmm. and I I like it so much because of the theme. I think yeah. that is a big part of it. But I think this is a pandemic-like game yeah. that just has different pieces. You know, the different monsters adds variability. The the characters aren't that different than most other co-op games like this, like Forbidden yeah. Island, Pandemic. They they they're different, but they also have you know very similar sure. feels, yeah. I guess. But yeah, so I, I I think that with the villagers and with the way the monsters play out, that 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 plays a lot different. It, it I, plays different, and it boosted over some of those games. Not yeah. Pandemic, but it boosted over several other co-ops. Yeah, and I'll say this too: like I'm not. I, I think I realized as Dean and I were talking about this. I don't think I'm the biggest co-op fan in general. Like I'm like I think on my top 50 pandemic might have been my only co-op game that was on that list. So, I say that to say take my thoughts with a bit of a grain of salt. Like if you're if you're a big co-op fan, um, take my rating even with a grain of salt because you might absolutely love this game. I enjoyed playing it. So for the positives, I enjoyed playing it. I do enjoy that there's the the variability in the game. I actually enjoyed, and we didn't mention it, that when a monster tries to attack you, you're rolling dice. That did give me a little different feel, like when you're rolling the dice because you mm-hmm. don't see that in some of the other games, right? Uh, those co-op games. So I, I, I enjoyed that. I love the... Th- I mean, I really do... Lo- it's kind of funny, like... Even though the theme didn't grip me, I thought it was super cool. Let me not say I loved it. I just thought it. I thought it was just. I thought it was cool. I think that a lot of people that love those universal uh, creatures and stuff are gonna be like hype on this game because of the theme. And I think that if you are, that you really will very much like this game. Very possibly, if you enjoy Forbidden Island and um, Pandemic and stuff like that, and you and you're into this theme, this could be a really high game on your list. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, again, I'm I'm happy with having Forbidden Island. I'm happy with Pandemic. What I like about like Pandemic better is I just love the trying to control the outbreaks, the diseases, and stuff like that. I think that that's fun when you're just this can set off this, can set off this, can set off this, and you're like, oh no, we're in big trouble. Um, I I like that part of Pandemic. Um, so I like Pandemic better. Um, but overall, so I, I guess we're doing our scores, right? Because yeah. we're doing uh-huh. final thoughts. So overall, I'm going to give this a six and a half out of ten, which is um, I it's a it's a okay score. Like I, I want people to understand, like generally, and I, this will help 
people know. Generally, if I like think a game's pretty good, I'll give it about a seven. And then whenever it's kind of like, I like it, it's okay. It starts to go a little bit below that. So six and a half is, I think it's a fun game. I enjoy it. I will play it if someone wants to play it with me. Um, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to go out and buy it personally and get all excited about it. But it's still a good game. Yes, it is. I'm going to give it a, a higher score than that. I really really like this one, and I thought I would based on theme. I didn't think I was I didn't know I was going to like it as much as what I did though. Um, I've, I've played, I think you were surprised. I think you calling me being like this game is really good. Yeah, and you know I I had seen some good things about it that that made me want to go check it out now. I'll say this before I get into that, into my final score, but I've played some Prospero Hall games in the past, and this is by far my favorite. By far? I think so. Uh, Maybe not by far. Villainous is is pretty close behind this, I think. I really like Villainous. Uh, I didn't, Bob Ross, Art of Chill didn't grab me, but it was, you know, situationally, I just, I, I don't know if it was, I was so tired when I played the game, and it was, I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about horrified and yeah. that's what i'm going to give my rating on so horrified it is my favorite prospero hall and it is a game that's going to come out every halloween to play and fit that like pandemic uh that pandemic uh type of co-op game that's a lighter co-op game at that time of year in the same way that like santa's workshop is kind of my christmas game this will be one of my Halloween games for yeah. sure. So I give this one an eight. I really, really like it. That's and I actually, high. I was kind of teetering on an, between an eight and an eight and a half. I think the thing that m- could bump this up for me is as I play this more and more, especially as we get into this Halloween season, if I play it a ton and I'm like, yeah, this is this is a game that's not going to get stale, then I could bump that up to an eight and a half uh, easily. But, but with all the variability, I still think that potentially... I could get tired of it because it is kind of the same mechanics, even though there's different twists with the different monsters. So, so a question that we like to ask Dean is: Is it worth it? It is thirty-five dollars at Target and on BoardGamePrices.com. Pretty much everywhere, it's thirty-five dollars. I will say, interestingly, that it's unavailable in multiple places, so it's getting sold out, and it's uh, one of the hot trending games so this is a lot of people are talking about this game yeah um is it worth 35 bucks absolutely yeah it really is there's a lot in this box a lot of game in this box um so for me i, I even though i said i for me I, I it just doesn't it's just not for it's good but i wouldn't pay 35 bucks it's, that's me personally but i say that to say i think it is worth 35 bucks if you think that this is your like easily I again, I just feel like it's one of those things. Right, I just want to say every board game is not for everyone. Right, this one is. I enjoy it. Um, I just again feel like I've got other games that scratch that itch for me mm-hmm. that are along those lines. So I don't feel like I have to buy this. But I, man, I, I think that a lot of people are really going to like this game. Yeah. Now, if if this isn't a game that you would like, what would be something you would recommend then? I mean. For me, Forbidden Island scratches this itch. I like how Forbidden Island is. Um, a couple of re- Forbidden Island's a little shorter than this game. You talked about that. So I I, I think, in generally, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 30, yeah. 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love the way that it falls, like the tiles fall off. Um, and, you know, they're falling apart in your islands. I just like, I like the theme a little bit better. Like, that's it's just kind of fun. And it's it's really easy to teach. Um, but I've, I've played a lot of Forbidden Island because my five-year-old it's like his favorite game even though he doesn't really play it he just i pretty much play for me and play for him right right <laughs> but and so that might have been something that maybe made me go 
because I've played a ton of those games. Yeah. So it, so I might have maybe dinged it a little because of that. But anyways, I I see why people are hyped about this game. It's really cool, neat. It's fun. Yep. All right. So that is an eight for me, a six and a half for John. That's horrified. Now let's get on to our new segment, pick six. All right, so we are introducing a new segment today called Pick Six. Pick Six! And I'm just going to explain this real briefly. So what it is, is we have picked six things, basically six questions. We pick a theme, John picks three, I pick three, and this can be anything. It can be, uh, the the example that we're going to use is the one that we're going to have today, but if if you uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you a situation like a location to play a board game or any kind of scenario or any kind of scenario that's right any kind of scenario not necessarily a location but a setting um, kind of setting a stage what game would you bring to this scenario is what is what we're gonna do today but it can be anything it might be uh, like another segment that we might do down the road might have to do with you know holidays we'll pick six holidays and john will pick three and i'll pick three now here's the here's the kicker for it we don't know the other person's three and they're and they're only asking each other so john's gonna throw one out there give it to me i've had no time to think about this at all so it's gonna have to be like the first thing that comes that comes to my mind uh which i think is Okay, I'm a little nervous about what the first thing that comes to John's mind in all this. But <laughs> oh boy, we'll see how this plays oh, man. out. Man, I, I, you know, I don't think I gave you. Oh, these aren't these are actually not bad. Okay, these aren't bad at all. So, do you want to ask the question first, or I'll, do you want? I'll let to... you kick it off. How about that? All right. So I'm. Uh, yeah, that's actually really good. I'm actually uh, maybe a little nervous about this. Like, man, am I gonna like give an answer? Am I gonna be quick on my toes, or is this gonna be tough? All right, Dean. So here's a, a, a very simple scenario. You're hanging out with your buds, and you are eating a giant plate of messy, glorious hot wings. Oh. You are eating a plate of hot wings, and you want to play a board game. That's, what board game would you play? That's pretty tough, because, you know, I'm thinking, you know, hanging out with people, I might want to play something that's like a, a party game, but the big party game that I've been playing is just one, which would be an absolute <laughs> nightmare playing with uh this is a play, hard one actually eating this is a hard question wings. i think okay so it's gonna have to be one that there's no there's no touching of any game components i guess um so i'm knocking out all card games all right unless you just pick one that you don't care if it gets messed up <laughs> that's true that's true um okay so i'm gonna pick a game that is I'm, i might cheat a little bit on this one all right you always cheat uh so i'm gonna pick spyfall all right. Oh, I've never played. I want to play Spyfall. Okay, here's the thing. I have Spyfall, but there is a there is a way to play Spyfall online as well. And so everyone has their phones, their own phones. They're not touching. So they can hot wing their own phones. They up. can do whatever they want, and they're just going to be touching their phone. They're not going to be touching their greasy, nasty fingers on my cards. So that's what I'll pick. I'll pick Spyfall with the caveat that it's the phone version of it. That's pretty good. If you could have picked something where everyone touches their eyeballs. That would have been really fun. <laughs> is there a game mm-hmm. where everyone touches their eyeballs? Like, mm-hmm. what is that game? Um, I, I, I spy. <laughs> is that what you're gonna say? I, I was trying to think of something clever with the, you know, word "eye" in it. <laughs> um, the eyes have it. That's not clever. It's not the um, the eyes of March. Maybe you can but, find something on your Chuck Norris website over there mm, about Chuck Norris punching someone in the eye. <laughs> All, right, All right, I'm, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready, man. All right. Yeah. 
All right, let me ask you a question first. So who's uh-uh. your who's your favorite? Uh, we talked about sports in this episode. Who's your favorite athlete of all time? Oh wow, that is a tough one. Honestly, that is a tough one. Can you, you want to narrow it to a sport? No, doesn't matter. Baseball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> say baseball. You immediately okay. I, it, it, it was going to be a baseball player, anyways. Um, growing up, being a big Indians fan, uh, Jim Tomey. You remember Jim Tomey? You may not. He, uh, Melissa Tomey's husband. He right? hit a, t- a. No, I don't remember. He him. hit a Tomey of hunter uh, hunters homers. <laughs> He had a, a tome of hunters. You knocked that joke out of the park. Okay. Boom. Right. And I got to meet him and I got to shake his giant hairy arm. Ew, yeah, why I would know, you shake his so, arm and not his hand? Well, I, I just shook I shook his hand. Okay. But all I can remember being like 10 years old getting his autograph was this giant hairy arm. And I was like so excited. I was jumping up and down. I just was elated. And I like that. Fella. All right, that's not the pick. Okay, so you get, get, get <laughs> that was, it was easy. Right. I thought you're that gonna, was an easy one. So Marissa Tomei, that's who you're. No, nope. <laughs> Mark. Mark Tomei. Oh boy, is that the name? Mark Tomei. Jim. Mark. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have no idea who this is. All right. Oh, Jim. Jim Tomei. Oh, you're gosh. sitting down for a a one on one, a two player game night mm. with Jim Tomei. What game do you teach him? Does it have or to play be, with him? Does it have to be two players only? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't have to be two players only, but it is a two-player game that you're playing with them. Wow. Okay. So, I wish that I could give you, like, a baseball-related... I mean, like, I wish I could easily say right now baseball highlights, but I've never played baseball highlights, so I can't say that, can I? You can't. Um, I mean, you can. You can say whatever you want. This is your pick. I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to give a very... But you'd fumble through the rules, and he's like your favorite athlete of all time. You don't want to do that. That's true. You want to have the rules down. I... Uh, oh, man. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to quit with him and play patchwork. Okay. Why not play patchwork with a beastly man? Ah, that's... Okay. Let's, let's make quilts with a monstrous home run hitting beastly man. <laughs> Boom! There we go. All right, it is it is your pick, whatever you want to pick. Uh, and honestly, if you would have said baseball highlights or another baseball game, I would have been a little disappointed because I don't know if I would want to teach a baseball game to a baseball player because that's so like cliche, right? That's right. They don't want to do. They don't want to play that. Nope, they don't want to play that. They want to make quilts with you. That's right. That's you, what I do. I'm dead right, serious. Throw them back at Jim me. Tomei. We're playing password. <laughs> all right, so you have a you you do a retro. A retro movie night with your friends. A throwback movie night. You guys get together. Tonight, you're watching Goonies. Ooh. But you can't pick a Goonies game. Okay. So, what game do you play? You want to walk before or after? I don't care. What game gets you excited that you want to play with for Goonies night? All right, I already got this one Whoa, in my head. All right. Okay, now this isn't one I've played yet, but it's one I. <laughs> it's just. After, Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, because here's why. This one, it's it's kind of a one and done type thing. Okay. So, um, I just picked up Chronicles of Crime, which I've not had a chance to play yet. They have an expansion called Welcome to Redview, which is supposed to be kind of like give you those same you oh, know, really? 80s adventure movie style theme. And so I've actually really, really been wanting to try it and considered taking it, uh, picking it up for uh, maybe even that that Halloween night that that we play games. So that's my answer. That is Chronicles of Crime with Welcome to Redview expansion. That makes sense. I didn't, you know, my mind went less, which my mind went less um, figuring something out, like deductive, and went more to like adventure. 
Like, how can I feel right, adventurous? Right. So it's kind of fun how their minds go. Go ahead, ask mm-hmm. me away, then let's just keep it rolling, buddy. All right, so you are at a roaring dinner party. I mean, this thing is kicking. Ooh. It's not really. It's with the history department at your local university. So in our case, Middle Tennessee State University, you're hanging out with the history department, this this uh, very probably dull dinner party, and someone says, hey, John, you should bring a game. What do you bring? First, I say, why are you so weird whenever you talk? That's how they talk. That's how all history professors talk. So here's the, here's the question, though. I need to ask. Like, I love history and professors. So, do so. I need to pick? I mean, are these people that play games? Not Well, I would assume probably not since it's like a whole department of people. Unless they have like, I don't know. They may they might get together and play some historical games or something. Well, I have to. I need to know that because initially I'm going to say through the ages, what a great game would be to play with these people. But if they don't know, what do you mean? I, hey, it's your pick, man. He didn't I, like my pick because he gave a crazy look. But I'm not picking that because I'm thinking if we're getting together, and we're playing this. If they don't know games all that well, then it's probably not great. I go with a classic instead. I go with Seven Wonders. Talk about wonders of the world. It's not that difficult to teach. Okay. And we just sit around passing cards. Usually those types of games are bigger hits with folk, newer folks because you're not having a lot of downtime. So we're okay. going gonna to do Seven Wonders. I thought you were going to pick Apples to Apples. That was going to be my... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, it's your pick. Or as you would say, oh, dear. That's a... It's not my pick. It's my... I thought I really was like expecting you to pick a party game, but that's mm-hmm. fine. No, because, I mean, these people are smart. Mm-hmm. Wait, smart people did like... I just Did I just say that... Party games are for non-people that aren't smart. I just said that. you did, yeah. I'm, I'm basically saying that I'm not smart because I play party games. Yep. I, that, just, I mean, I just smart uns- people... I just unsmarted myself. Smart people enjoy party games, too. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would know. I'm still playing Seven Wonders. Because I'm a smart Wonders. person. I'm still playing Seven Wonders. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right. Throw them back at me. Okay. So, here's the thing. You're with a high school buddy. So, do you have high school buddies first that you still see? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do. One that I, I see every week, actually. Okay, those don't count. Okay. Um, so you're going back to high school with some buddies that you haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, man, Dean, I heard you have a podcast, and you're that's cool, man. I'm, I'm excited that you, uh, that you that you do that. I'm, I'm fired up. You play games. That's great. We're going to do a game night, or we're going to get together, and you're picking a game. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I want to get into you and your old buddies. What would they? What would you pick to play with them? Uh, I would say Monopoly, probably. What? No, I'm just kidding. That's not my answer. Uh, well, okay. So in my mind, I think I would like, I would probably play some sort of a gateway game. That's what you might expect, right? Maybe, like yeah. Catan or something like that, which would be fine. That would be fine. Um, okay. This is high school buddies. Now, I have a group of college buddies. We get together, and we're not all gamers necessarily, but we get together and we game for a whole weekend. Yep. I'm not going to count them. Nope. Because I already have the answer. I don't want you to do that. All right. So what I will do is go I'm back I'm actually and, trying to get back into like who are your friends in high school and what do you think they would get excited about or whatever. It's what I was thinking whenever I did this. Yeah, it'd be um, it, it, it'd be kind of difficult to answer that in a way to think back on who they are. Like to think of who they are now based on who yeah. they were back in high school. So I would say... We would laugh a lot, have a lot of fun. That's how I would probably go. So I would, I would say, I, maybe this isn't the best pick, but this is the one I'm going with because it's my first pick that came to my mind. Sheriff of Nottingham. 
Yeah, that's a good pick. Because I, I think uh, you know, I like that. we enjoyed lying to each other and <laughs> uh, and and sneaking, you know, sneaking things past each other. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. I think that's a good solid pick. All right, so I have about four more on my list, and I've got to narrow this down to one. So one more question. It's pick six, not pick eleven. All right. I don't know if I did the math right. So I'm going to do this. All right. There is a you're, – you're having a board game uh, – I'm sorry. You're having a birthday party for your youngest. Your youngest is five? Yep. All right. So you're having a, a birthday party for the five-year-olds, and your wife says, John, I need you to pick a game for everyone to play. So it's not necessarily just the five-year-olds. It's Ice cool. It's That's it? That's it. It's simple. My son loves that oh, game. Oh, no. Okay. Everyone, but uh, adults can play Ice Cool. I shouldn't have set it up as your specific son, because then you're going to pick a game that he loves. He loves it. Literally was playing the other day. <laughs> and look, and here's why. All right. Okay. But it's a look, huge group, though. It's a. So I have to pick a game that has a whole lot of players in, is what you're not, saying. No, I'm not telling you what to pick. I'm just saying it I get might you. have a bad pick. So but you're, I didn't, I didn't do a listen to or didn't think about. Yeah, because I, I was just thinking about like how much fun dexterity games can be when you get a group of people together. But I I will say this, a lot of people that I have played Ice Cool with, it like they it kinda hurts their finger or something. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've heard people say this. Like, ow, that hurts. Like, or I'm not like good Nelson at, off of the yeah, I'm not good at flicking now. <laughs> so yeah, um My fingy hurts. That's what I that's what I heard in my head. My fingy hurts? Isn't that what Nelson from not Nelson, what's the uh oh no. Chief Wiggum's son on Simpsons. Do you remember his name? No, because I... It's been a long time since I've watched any All right. Simpsons. Continue on. I'll, I'll figure this out. Okay. You may pick another one then. Oh, man. I'll pick, pick what a, you want. I'll pick another one. I'll, I'll pick another one that would... Because I wasn't, didn't know there was a big group of people, which this will actually add... Let me let me click on the name of this real quick and see Ralph how many, Ralph Wiggum. How many players? Um, Up to 12 players. We've talked about it on the podcast, Where Words Deluxe Edition. Okay. That's it. Every time I, I, when I've brought this out in a uh, setting, first of all, my kids are crazy for this game. That's why. Yeah. They love it. So my, my five-year-old would love this game and we just hoot and holler when we play this game and it's, it sucks everybody in actually. Can you, can, uh, can I tell you what you should have picked? Yep. Um, if I, I say I, no, will you stop? You actually talking? haven't played this one. I don't think. <laughs> that's how mean. <laughs> I didn't mean that as mean. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever you want, as long as you stop running your yapper. <laughs> Shut your yapper, little Chris Farley um, baby. Oh no, I can't think of the game now. You made me forget the name of the game. It's the uh, pitch car. There we go. You you haven't played mm. pitch car, I don't think, but you can play no. a ton of people with that. It's flicking this disc around a racetrack, and and that's your race car. It's a lot of fun. So when you have a birthday party for your son and your wife asks you to do that, that's actually what you should have picked. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for telling so me. So in the next episode, I'm actually going to throw out six scenarios and I'm going to answer all six of them and John's just going to sit back and listen. That's that's probably accurate. All right, so we have a few ideas for uh, for different pick six topics that we're not going to do this segment every week, uh, every episode. Um, but we would love to hear from you guys to yeah. to you know if you have any ideas for pick six, um, throw us throw some topics out there at us in the uh, guild board game geek guild, guild number thirty four oh seven. And they don't have to be board game related, though. I kind of like board game related. Because mm-hmm. we want to, we want to, you know, this is a board gaming podcast. But if it's really a great idea, 
then hey, we might. If it's if it's like your top, like hey, Dean, what's your best Chuck Norris joke? Yeah. Then hey, we'll do that. We could do that. And it could be um, also like pairing food with a game or something like that. Like it doesn't have to be us picking a game, but something. So anyway, let's get on to our overview and review of Underwater Cities. Underwater Cities is published in 2018 by Rio Grande Games. The designer is Vladimir Suki. The artist is Uldrim and Milan Vavron and plays in about 80 to 150 minutes for ages 12 and up. In Underwater Cities, you are seeking to build a network of cities underwater, as you can imagine. And you're going to be doing this by placing one of your three action tokens each round and simultaneously playing a card from your hand. You're going to start off with three cards from your hand, and at the beginning of every one of your turns, you have to discard down to three before you play a card. Now, there are different areas on the main map of where you can place your action tokens. So there's a green area, a red area, and a yellow area. When you take that specific action, if you play a card of that same color in that same area of the same color, then you you can also take the actions listed on your card. So for example, if I play my action marker on the green space and play a green card, I'll be able to take those extra actions on there. Now you're going to be taking actions and trying to build up your personal city. Each player has their own personal map that starts off with one city represented by a white dome, and then you can build up tunnels that connect to other cities. You're also going to be building buildings that are connected to the cities, and those will be used for the production phase that will give you different bonuses during the production phase, but also at the end of the game you might get in-game scoring bonuses based on what types of buildings you have built around the city. You're also going to be placing cards that will give you bonuses throughout the game. They might help you boost your production or enhance a different action or you know some that, that will allow you to gain bonuses if you play a different colored card where you normally wouldn't get a bonus. By playing this card you would be able to get that bonus. So you're going to be playing around for three eras and th- there's three different sets of decks so the, the cards change from era to era. You're going to keep going around like this and through a certain set of rounds, and once you get through those rounds, then that will be the end of the game, and you're going to then add up your score and see who has the most points. Now, there's a lot going on to this game as far as what kind of cards and what they uh, what they do and, and you know the, the production phase and, and all of that, but this just gives you a general idea of the gameplay. But let's get back and see what we thought of Underwater Cities. All right, Meeple Town, so a game that has been on my radar. Dean, we say on my radar a whole lot in this game, I've recognized. But it's perfect for this game. You know what game has been on my sonar? Uh, Captain Sonar. Captain Sonar, you got it! Nailed it. You should have saved that intro for that game. That, oh man, that was just pure uh, segue, intro, whatever you want to call it, gold, baby. (laughs) So, a game that has been, though, for real, on mine and Dean's radar for a while. We've talked about this game quite a bit, I think, Dean. Like, we've mentioned it. Like, man, I'd really like to play this, but we haven't played it, haven't got a chance to play it. That Dean picked up um, is, of course, what he did the little intro for a second ago, which is Underwater Cities. Mm-hmm. I heard so, I've heard so many good things about it. I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday, um, The Dukes of Dice, and they were talking about how much they liked Underwater Cities. Mm. And whenever Dean 
brought it out for this podcast because I had not played it until we decided that we would like to um, review this on the podcast. I knew, like, I I didn't know. I thought, I'm really going to like this game. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, from everything that I've heard from the people that I know that really like it, I thought this is going to be a really good game. Um, we're going to undoubtedly talk about terraforming Mars whenever we talk about underwater cities. There's almost, I mean, there's a way to do it, but I don't think it, I think you got to. If you've played terraforming Mars, I think there, it, it's such a natural comparison, but I know that there are people like, no, absolutely not. You know, you don't compare them, but I, yeah. I don't get that because they are pretty, oh, we'll get to that. But, I mean, they're not, they're not exactly the same game, and they, but they have a lot of similarities. It's not that it's the same game. It's just, sure. yeah. Maybe. So let's art and component it, and then we'll dive into the game. Did you verb? Did you, is I, that a verb? Did I verb? <laughs> did you verb that? Yeah, I do verb. All right, let's art and component <laughs> the Underwater Cities game. I really love the table presence and the game pieces of this game. I think they're fantastic. The domes for your cities, the little uh, the translucent translucent is that the right word disc for the for the buildings. Yeah, you can say that. The yeah, I, I like all of that. The and there's a lot of components in this game. A lot of components. Uh, the art doesn't really draw me in. I think the the box is okay. But I agree with you 100. percent Like that's I thought I'd written that down. Like I thought the I think the box box is pretty cool. Kind of I, I would I wouldn't say it's great, but the it's overall great, yeah. overall the the art isn't bad though. So it's not like terraforming Mars. If yes, we want to say that's that, true. Like, yeah. It's not bad art. It's just nothing that gets me excited too excited about like oh yeah that looks great and draws me in. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's pretty. I would put it in the average category. Yep, hundred percent above terraforming Mars for sure. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> Here's a question though I have for you: How about that phone on the board that's tilted a little sideways? You know what I'm talking about. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I you know if you've if you've seen the board, which you can't from the podcast, but everything is like perpendicular, yeah. parallel on the board, like just square. It's lined up really well. Yeah, these square, square well. angles. Except the first player track, the the Federation track, that is about what like forty five degree tilted. Yeah, it's just like a little cockeyed, and and you constantly reach down to like try to move it, but it does not move. And I mean, I guess the thought was let's just act like someone threw a phone or something on the table. (laughs) I guess. And it was. I remember just being like my small my semi OCD nature is like make it straight, make it straight. Everything looks good. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I guess part of me though. Is I'm actually I'm okay with it. Like when I first saw that, I was like, uh, but then I, you know, artistically, that's kind of cool that you just threw that down there. I bet it drives some people bonkers. Yeah, it could be that when they were doing the the graphics for the board, they had everything straight, and they were like, something's not right. So they wanted to. It could have looked a little too blah or something. You know, yeah. if everything's just perfectly straight or whatever. So yeah, I thought the I agree with you also about the components, uh, the domes and there's a a presence about your player board that's so cool. A big complaint I have though is when you upgrade your farms or your buildings, you're sticking these little discs on top of another one. I didn't like that because I felt like it was kind of wonky. Like if you hit your board a little bit, they go falling off. Did you ever hit your board where they fell off? (laughs) Maybe. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I might have, though. I can't remember. But I just felt like it just seemed a little... Like, there. I wish that there was, like, something that you could, like, like checkers where you put them on top of, like, little pips or something. Yeah. That, you could, that it would hold them together a little better. But it's okay. Maybe yeah. big complaint is not the right word. 
I don't know. I didn't like that. I think they're going to have uh, recess boards coming out, either in an expansion or something like that. I've seen pictures online floating around. How about ah, that? Like there you go. Um, but that that it, none of that was a problem for me, and I anticipated that it would. Now, it did make me glad that the player boards were so thin, mm. because if they were the thicker ones that can you know spin around, you, be able to you would have knocked them down. down so. All right, so now that we've talked about Arden Components, let's dive a little deeper oh, and talk there we about go. the gameplay. Yeah, nailed it. All right, so I quite enjoy this game. I thought I would. Now, okay, I've been really high on a lot of games lately, by the way. I, I know everyone thinks that you just rate every, like, hey, if anyone wants to send us a board game, Dean will give it an 8+. plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Now, here's, here's, eight, the thing. here's a nine. I bought this game. Uh, I also bought Horrified because I knew that I was going to like it, okay? Yeah. Um, so we're reviewing games that I purchased with my money and, you know, especially these two today are That's games that point. are mine. So I'm going to rate them higher because I already knew that I would like them. Um, but we're not there yet. you thought that you would for sure. Yeah. Or thought that you would. But, okay, so pros with the with the gameplay. This is one I know that you're going to talk about, but the interaction between the cards and the action spaces yep. on the board is pretty fantastic. Yep. I, I love that. I'm actually going to... Let me, let me throw it over to you because I know that you really, you've talked about that a lot. Well, that was definitely, that was, I think, literally the first thing that I wrote on my notes was that I like how you're picking, you're, it's like like a worker placement where you're picking an action to play and you're getting to do that action, but you also have a hand of cards. And if you can match the same color with that action, there's three colors. There's uh, orange, is it orange or yellow? It's orange. Orange, green, and red. And if you can match. It's actually yellow in the book, I think. So. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, yellow, green, and red. If go. you can match a yellow card with with a yellow action, then you get to do both. You get to do the action that you placed on and you get to do whatever the card says, which could be like an immediate something that takes place or even a perpetual something that goes through the course of the game. Every time you do this from now on, you're going to get this bonus of a dollar or whatever. It's probably not called dollars. It's probably called like mega bucks or... Credit. Oh, credit. I like, yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy likey that one. You might get a credit or whatever. So uh, that's really fun because you have to play a card, which is cool too. So if you don't... So let's just say you have... You only can have three cards before your turn, which is... I can talk about that here in a second, but let's just say all three of your cards are green. It happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you want to do a red action. You still can do the red action. You just throw away a green card, mm-hmm. and you get nothing for that. Unless you have a card that allows you to. And when you're hearing that, you might think, wow, that's really lame, because then it's just luck of the draw. Yeah. And it is, to an extent, but there are there are spaces that allow you to draw up more cards. Now, you can only have three at the beginning of your turn, but you can, and, you know, you can have multiple... Uh, sure. cards that you're going to discard before that and so there's ways to get more cards to mitigate that but also the cards that you put in play that allow you to gain something as a result of playing an off-colored card i tend to to put those into play every game if i can so yeah. like if i you know if i'm taking a green space and i play a red card the card that i would have played says that i can gain a credit for playing an off-colored card and yeah. so so there are cards like that or you get to draw a new card if you right. don't or something so there's plenty of those. I feel oh like, yeah, in the game. yeah. So for me, that wasn't a. It's not a fault, but for somebody listening that's never played, you might think that that's a big deal. It can be, but I haven't seen it played. No, that I way. thought it was fun. It, it felt very satisfying to play that action because, it, like most other worker placement games, you can't do the action if someone's already taken that action. Mm-hmm. So whenever, so there is this tension where I mean, it happened in the last game so many times where I was about to do an action and Dean literally does the exact one right before me. But there is something satisfying about playing your action, having that card in your hand, getting to do the action, getting to the bonus, and going wow. 
wow, that was a nice move. Right, right. And it felt it feels really good and, and really nice. Also want to mention that uh, different than Terraforming Mars, Dean mentioned a second ago, you can only have three cards in your hand at the beginning of your turn, which is so different than you could have 15 or 20 cards in yeah. your hand with Terraforming Mars. Now, the difference between this two is that there are like ages. I don't know what they're called, but you're going to have... Eras. Eras, there you go. I, there you go. You're going to have certain eras, so you're going to have cards that build. Unlike Terraforming, where you may have to keep cards forever because you're waiting till the oxygen gets to a certain level. Right. Um, so I actually like that part about it. I also do, I, I kind of like, at first I didn't know if I would like only being able to have three cards, but I think it prevents AP a little mm-hmm. bit because you're not sitting there going through so many cards in your hand trying to figure out what you want to play. You're making those small decisions over the course of the game. Okay, well, I just, I've got to get rid of this one before my turn. Um, so I've got to figure out which three I really want. So I, I actually kind of like that. Yeah, I do too. And um, yeah, for the for the same reasons as you, it's, I, I think I like that part better than Terraforming Mars. Okay, I, I know that we're not comparing the games, but we kind of are. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you on that. The, the other piece that I really, really like about this game um, is that you are building up your own city. And when you can, as you're building that up, you can look at it and say, I built that. You know, like those games. Oh, yeah. This so has that. Feel satisfying. The, yeah, to the inteenth degree, this game has that. And I really, really like that, that satisfying feeling. Uh, but also, you know, I really like engine building games. Yeah, me too. And this, uh, this is that, you know, because you, you're building up these the buildings and uh, you know potentially the the cities, the the uh, symbiotic cities that that give you points and the the tunnels that give you points. Like how you build that up, you're you're building towards gaining the uh, the. Uh, bonus cards i forget yeah. what they're called but the uh special cards not the special ones but the other ones with the flags on them um, oh yeah anyway so as you like like let's say i build three symbiotic cities and there's one that says if you build three symbiotic cities if you're the first one then you gain you know four points in a credit or whatever that is i like that uh and i like those uh the cards as well but all that's part of the engine building you're building up an engine for the sake of gaining these points at the end of the game. Sure. And you can definitely go and so there's there are special cards in the at the very in the middle of the board, which we can we should definitely talk about this because this is something where we had a little bit of mixed feelings about these cards. And they're a little bit different than Dean's talking about ones that you just race to basically. These are um, in game scoring cards. Strictly in-game scoring cards. The, the three coin specialty cards. Yeah. Now the one and two coins aren't necessarily in-game. No, scoring, the but three this. coin specialty. Yes, that. So these cards in a two-player game, there's six out on the on the board, and with these cards, like it may say bonuses, like you score three points for every city that you have all three types of what are those plants farms. I mean, I don't know what Kelp. I can't. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't mean to... Oh, de- yeah, those are the farms, though. Yeah, the yeah. farms. Yeah. I don't mean to derail this thought, but I do want to say that as we were playing the game, we did. I did recognize uh, what a fish's favorite song is. What's that? Kelp. I need somebody. Kelp. Not just anybody. Kelp. You're supposed to harmonize with me. There's no harmonizing with that. <laughs> In case you're wondering, Dean has left the building. He's not even here anymore. He's so fed up, he just left. This is John for the rest of the episode. No, I don't. My Flying voice solo. sounds a lot more manly than that. <laughs> actually, not really. Anyway, <clears throat> actually, now I actually did totally derail my thoughts. <laughs> oh, no, the special cards. Um, but they also may say things like at the end of the game, you're able to trade three kelp in for two victory points or whatever, or two kelp in for whatever. And so the interesting part about those cards are. 
cards. Cards are. <laughs> Talk about a manly voice and then kind of squeak your voice. Is that you You don't race with them, but there's a, an action slot that allows you to take them. So if Dean takes it and I don't get it, then I don't get the chance to grab that card. And so that kind of goes out into my tableau, which costs three credits, which is kind of expensive. But you can be you can build an engine towards those. So like I want to build a huge kelp engine like and score a ton of points at the end of the game for doing that. But I would say the negative, would you say this we talked about whether this is a negative or not, is that this game, there those cards seem to be hugely important. They are. In in-game scoring. To where the last game that we played. I actually get to um, get Dean's tapestry game whenever he gets it in. <laughs> Just kidding, but <laughs> but like like I was playing to where Dean was like, "You're whipping me. Game's over." Like I felt like I was getting all the good combinations. I was feeling jacked up about it. But in the last era or whatever of the game, Dean kept getting those specialty cards one turn, literally one turn before I was going to get them. Like I was going to go for one, he grabs it. Then he gets to go first again the next turn, which I should have just gone up on the track. That was my fault. And he takes another, because I didn't think he's going to take another one this turn. He takes yet another one. And honestly, he slaughtered me. You whipped me both games. Well, I'd say slaughtered. I didn't. Slaughtered's incorrect. You scored a lot more points, but if I would have gotten that card, I would have beaten him. I guess that's how close it really was. But he got it, so it caused him to win. Yeah. Are those it's too a, important? It's, it is a negative for me. Uh, I because I think I think they're really important. And you know, you you might be saying, well, yeah, but you just grab them first, which is true. That's very true. But I kind of wish they weren't as powerful as what they were, so that you are getting more. I mean, you get a lot of points from your city. You know, uh, if you've built it well, like if you have a city with different buildings around yeah. that city, you're going to get a lot of points that way. But those cards can be super, super swingy because not yeah. only, you know, there, there was the one card that, that I got. You pay 15 credits at the end of the game. For and you 13 gain, points. You get 13 points. And so what that means is I get 13 points. What it also means is that John doesn't get 13 yeah. points. So part of me wish now I had to pay three credits to get that card in play. And, you know, there it still would have been a 10 point. You know, swing, and you get is- one point for every four credits that you have at the end of the game. So it's not as big of a swing as you might think, but it does make a difference. In yeah. some ways, I kind of wish that those were uh, in some ways. Now, I I guess I don't hate it that much, but in some ways I wish it was a, these are objectives that anyone can get. Part of me wishes that, that it was that way. Mm. But then part of me thinks you still have to take the actions to get the card and to put them into play. Yeah. And so it's not like, it's not a huge negative, but it is in the con side of my list. I, I don't like it as much. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, actually. I feel like it's on the wait and see side of my list because... There's the tension why I, and you you could have said why did you wait so long to get them because and this was probably poor playing on my behalf I was kind of waiting to see what type of engine kind of got going before I chose and I got I mean I got one of them early in the game before I kind of chose a direction it might have been wiser to just take one and say I'm gonna build this engine rather than wait and see and I think if I play it more maybe I would like that maybe I would like and just say just realize earlier in the game you better get two or three of those special cards and do something with them, even if it's to prevent Dean from having them. Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So and, I think and if I had a different mindset, that. I think I would maybe like them better. Yeah. So I'm still like, I'm not sure, 
but yeah. And, and when I say that, it's not a, this is a bad design. It's just like my personal feelings about how the game plays out. Just mm-hmm. my style, I would prefer it to be a different way, but not a big deal. So other other negatives that I have, one is that other than the that player interaction that you're talking about, it's a pretty pretty multiplayer multiplayer solitaire game right you are you are doing your own thing now if you don't pay attention to what the other players are doing you might do poorly but at the same time like what you do on your board doesn't really affect other people in the same way you know terraforming mars gets the the edge on that piece i guess because i like how you're building something together and you impact each other the other thing is that this game can be a lot of upkeep and if you've heard me talk about games in the past like Teotihuacan, and the upkeep in that I did not like. This one doesn't bother me as much, but it is still like in between rounds there's it slows down a lot because you're getting all of your resources and it's a lot. You know, it, it could yeah. be a lot. But also the the cards that you have in play that you have to pay attention to, your action cards, your uh, your your permanent cards that are out there, your end game scoring, like it's a lot to think about, but um, that's not a huge negative. It's, it's just, not a huge negative. I, I, I much prefer the way Terraforming Mars is a production. It's a whole lot simpler to just move your move your things over based on how many production that's it's showing on the thing. I like that personally a lot better. But that's me. Um, oh shoot, there was something else. Don't you don't you hate when you have something on the tip of your tongue and then you completely forget? Oh, there it goes. <laughs> I had to do a little, just a stalling there for a second. I do also agree though that. You have you can get a, quite a few like perpetual bonus cards, but this Terraform Mars is the same way too. Both of us missed out on opportunities to like it says if you build a tunnel or something you gain a credit. There, both of us missed some of those throughout the course of the game, and we're like, oh man, I forgot about that. I didn't do that um, because there can be you could have eight of those or something, and I guess that's your fault. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get to our. Final rating. How about yeah. that? All right. So for me, I <laughs> I've been rating games really high, and this game is no exception. Exception. Now, if I am going to compare them, and I will, whether you don't like it or not, <laughs> and whether, whether you, you like, it or, like it, or whether or you not. do or don't like it, I don't care. Um, I do care, but. I do compare this to Terraforming Mars because of the feeling that I get from playing this. I slightly like Terraforming Mars better, but it is very very slight. Mm. Um, I I love this game quite a bit. I just did my top 50. We just did our top 50. This game would have made my top 50 for sure. And that's because I give this game a nine, which is uh, a nine is what I gave Terraforming Mars. So I think they're like right next to each other on my list of top 50 games. But this game is a lot of fun. It's, It's exactly what I hoped it would be and more. How about that? That's good. I mean, I really liked um, Underwater Cities a lot. I, it's it, it's a it's a fantastic game. Um, I will also, as Dean did, just very briefly compare some things to Terraforming Mars in my final thoughts. As Dean mentioned, I m- much prefer Terraforming Mars's player interaction. I love the putting out your cities on the board. You're putting out your plants, whatever those. See, I, I'm going to not use the correct terminology and terraforming Mars lovers are going to be like, dude, you're not using that. <laughs> but the the plant hexes or whatever, the parks, maybe they're parks. Ugh, I don't know. I like how you're like, that really matters. There's a ton of player interaction in that you can hose other people. You can close them in. That, you're, that interaction is really great on that board. I also really like terraforming Mars, how you're like upping the oxygen and you're upping the temperature. And what it causes is it causes when other people are having their turns, 
it's affecting you. Yeah. And so you're engaged in that because you're like, oh man, Dean upped the oxygen. So I'm really close now to being able to play this card. So you're thinking about different things that are taking place. I love the player interaction. I even like the take that cards in Terraforming Mars. Sure. Because they're not a ton of them. And, and I've gotten in games that they have hosed me and I've gotten really frustrated. Um, but I still like that player interaction. So that's what I like primarily better about terraforming mars underwater cities i do like the three cards in your hand i do like that combo action of playing the cards with those colors i think that is a blast um i i like the way you do feel satisfied as you're as you're building your city i really like how the cards they have there's a ton of different cards in the game and they very clearly tell you what they do you don't really you don't we didn't check a rule book for any of the cards hey what is that right love it um so Fun game. I also will say that I quite enjoy it's faster than Terraforming Mars. Mm-hmm. That's one. That's a big plus for me because Terraforming Mars is a big game you're going to get into. That's going to take hours to play. Dean and I played this in an hour twenty. I think our last time. Mm-hmm. The first time. The, the first time it took longer. This last time that we played at his house, we went through it quick, and I think that was an hour and twenty. Scoring and everything. Right, right. So that is super satisfying. Like, it felt satisfying for how quick uh, that game, and I, I say for a game like that, that's quick to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plays. So I really, really like Underwater Cities. Not as much as Terraforming Mars, which I've given that a 10 out of 10. Underwater Cities, though, agree with Dean, a 9 out of 10. Very good game. Wish I would have played it before my top 50, because this would have been. I'm thinking through my head, in my top 25, maybe in my top 20, yeah. it's that good of a game. Really enjoyed it. If you enjoy Terraforming Mars, or even if you don't, um, and you haven't played Underwater Cities, excellent game. That's exactly right. We didn't uh, even say who designed it, did we? Uh, well, we did in the in the overview, but uh, Vladimir, oh, yeah. Vladimir Suki. So it, it's funny because you know I mentioned earlier Horrified that, that that was my favorite game of Prospero Hall. This is also my favorite of Vladimir Suki. So I've only played that Pulsar, what is it called? 2845, is that right? 2849? 20. Dude, don't ask me what four, <laughs> to remember four numbers to a game I haven't had the chance to play. Um, I When I played Pulsar uh, 28, 2849, there we go, I didn't actually enjoy it. Um, my play, I, it was okay, but it wasn't like mind blowing. It was just, it was really late at night after a long day of playing games that could have very well played into it. But anyway, this one blows it out of the water. How about wow. that? There you go. All right. So uh, you I, sound like a pirate there. <laughs> but before you, I know you're about to say. So I gave it a. We have to ask ourselves because we we do forget this sometimes, and I think it's a good question. Worth it? Is it worth it? It is forty. Seven dollars on a bunch of websites, under fifty dollars for this game. I think for that price now, I've seen it in the sixty dollar range uh, pretty often actually. And here's the thing: there's a lot of stuff in the box, and so I think component wise, it's it's worth that that forty dollar price. Uh, but it, I don't know, like if you if you had it for sixty. That's kind of high, but I. But at the same time, there's a ton of stuff in the box. So yeah, for the price you said, absolutely. But again, that's because I gave it a nine. So a hundred percent for me. Anything I give a nine, I'm willing to spend fifty bucks on any day of the week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I'm and I'm pretty honestly pretty conservative in my board game spending funds. <laughs> like I didn't buy tapestry. Dean did. 
I didn't want to. Spend I buy the all the games. Apparently, I didn't want to spend the monies for that, uh, and I probably will at some point in time. But anyway, that being said, I think it's totally worth fifty bucks. I don't own it, but I will at some point. That's right, for sure. All right, so I give it a nine. John also gave it a nine. We really, really enjoy underwater cities. John, let's wrap it up. Tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right, so one thing I will say that if you have not subscribed to the podcast, that would be a huge help. Something that we don't haven't mentioned a ton. It would also be a big help to us if you haven't reviewed our podcast, like yeah. on iTunes or whatever. Um, that would be awesome. Like not only giving it stars, which would be great, but anyone that would be willing to write just like a simple review on there, even if it's just like, hey, really enjoy the show. It doesn't even have to be all that complex or whatever. But there's a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of really good podcasts. It's just really helpful to us um, if you can do those things because it kind of helps us to stand out and will help us to grow Meeple Town. Anyway, we just really would, really very much would appreciate that. Um, but we're also on YouTube on and that's that's Meeple Town. Just type in Meeple Town for YouTube. We're on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter. That's all at Meeple Town Games. And soon to come out the Meeple Town website. Oh yeah, that we're working on right now. So that's really cool. We're also Board Game Geek Guild thirty four oh seven. That's right. And that's gonna do it for episode number twenty three. Thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. 